Talking with Topher is sponsored by slowdownclothing.bigcartel.com. Put in promo code T-O-P-H-E-R for 10% off your purchase before you check out. More on that later. Let's get into episode 142. What is happening, TWT fans? It is so good to be back. Yeah, what's happening, everybody? I hope you're enjoying this December 22nd, 2022. And how are all of you? I hope everybody out there has gotten their Christmas shopping done. I hope you're sitting back enjoying some uh, eggnog or... Whatever it is that you enjoy these holidays, but guess what? We got three days till Christmas, so I hope you got all that holiday shopping done. If you didn't, I just suggest you go and check out my sponsors, go make a purchase, and put a receipt in an envelope and put that under the tree. All right, but before I get into anything today, let me start off by saying thank you. Thank you to all my subscribers. You're what keeps me coming back here week after week, and I greatly appreciate all of you. If you are new, new to the podcast and you're just stopping by, you checking it out, well, hit that subscribe button, all right? That is the main thing that helps the podcast grow, and it keeps me coming back here week after week. So go ahead and subscribe, all right? If you want to do more, Of course, give a thumbs up for the video, share, rate, and review the podcast, and leave comments in the comment section. All of that helps the algorithm, and it pushes it out there in front of more eyeballs, so go ahead and be doing all of that, but press that subscribe button. Stomp on it, all right? That is the most important thing you can do for the podcast and for me. All right. Um, if you want to get more involved with the podcast, T A L K I M with Topher at gmail.com. That's talking with Topher at gmail.com. Go ahead. And if you want to tell your story, maybe you want some advice, or maybe you want to be a guest on the podcast, go ahead and send that over to T A L K I M with Topher at gmail.com, the official email of the podcast. And it can be a video, audio, or typed out. All right? TalkingWithTopher at gmail.com. Go ahead and send your emails. And then, of course, I'm on social media. Instagram, Twitter, Snapchat, TikTok, and Facebook. Again, Instagram, Twitter, Snapchat, TikTok, and Facebook. I'm on there every week, almost all week, trying to do something extra for all of you um, in between each podcast. All right? So go ahead and do that. I always appreciate the follow. And now with all that out of the way, let's get into today's episode. Yes, I have a guest. That's right, another guest, um, which is just as great as every guest that I have because why? I'm just still shocked that people want to come and talk to me. That's right. That's the alcoholic in me. That's the negative Nancy in my brain. Um, But it's gotten so much easier to have guests on, and I'm always excited to share their stories. I want to get to know the people that I 
interact with on a weekly basis. And again, this guy is in, goes to the same school that I do, Professional Martial Arts Academy. Um, I know a lot of people that I'm having on the podcast are coming from there right now, but these are the people that inspire me the most. They have gone through tremendous ups and downs, and they're coming out on the other side, and they are pushing themselves on a daily basis. So I just want to shout out that everybody that I have on the podcast is just absolutely amazing, and I thank all of you for coming on the podcast. This this has been a journey. You know, we're, we're coming to the end of the year. Um, I've had to put a lot of work into everything that I'm doing right now. A little bit of the fourth wall torn down. It is November. It's 72 degrees out. So during this podcast, it's a little bit hot up here. And I had to turn on the fan. So the audio, mm, not the best, but I did what I could. I'm preparing. Actually, by this time, you see it. Um, cause I've already mentioned that I'm, uh, getting, I got a new position at rap city. Um, I will have been there for 21 days and hopefully by now I've figured out my schedule and how to fit in the podcast again. That way come January, we're rocking and rolling again. All right. So a little bit of that fourth wall torn down. Um, very excited, uh, to, uh, share this with all of you, and instead of me rambling on and on and on and on like I always do, let's get into today's podcast. Talking with Michael Firth. All right, everybody. I've got a great uh, guest in studio today. Um, I'm super pumped um, to have you, obviously, in studio. Oh, thank you so much for coming. It has been uh, just amazing to have so many people actually want to come on. So this has been a real great experience for me in general. Um, But so excited, like I said, to have you in studio, Topher Studios today, Uh, Michael Firth. Uh, Miguela, we know each other from Professional Martial Arts Academy. It yeah. seems like almost all my guests right now are coming from there, <laughs> which is amazing because you're mm. all uh, great people to work with. Absolutely. And uh, it's just uh, like I told Professor Tim when he was on and Bill and everything. It's like we're a big it's like an extended family. Absolutely. And it's it's Some just of the best people I know are from there. It's just amazing, mm-hmm. and all of you have been so supportive in what I'm doing, mm-hmm. and um, you know, and I'm I just want to show my support towards all of you to uh, have you on because um, what a lot of people have lost these days is the simple fact that like we're all human, we're mm-hmm. all going through a crazy time, and every single one of us has had. Uh, an issue or a problem in our lives where we actually thought it was the end of days, but then we get through that end of days and we try to turn that around. And I find that to be such a a, a strong, uh, important story that's kind of lost because like uh, seasonal amnesia where Mm. people can't remember last winter to this winter, I feel like the same is lost when uh, we go through a tough struggle and we come out on the other side and then we have good times, but the good times allow us to forget about the struggle that we just went through to get there. Mm -hmm. And then 
we get hit again, and we think it's the end of the world again. So I'm just excited to have you in studio. I wanted to, you know, build a little rapport with you. Um, so tell me, how did you get that nickname? Oh, well, Magilla uh, came around when I was in the fire academy. Uh, the first week in the fire academy, they were teaching us how to, with two hands, grab the pack and throw it around your shoulders so you could just put it on quickly like that, just grab it with two hands and throw it. And I was like, oh, man, I bet I could do this with one hand. And I just grabbed it and kind of chucked it around. And one of the instructors goes, Jesus, Magilla, relax over there. And everybody started laughing. And it was from then on, it was just kind of stuck. And then um, prof- Professor, actually, Professor Tim, heard that uh, that was my nickname from my kid. And he just started bringing it up again and again and again. And then before you know it, everybody was calling me that. No kidding. So, yeah. So is that because the way you were throwing that item up on your shoulder, it was like it was nothing to you pretty much? Pretty much. Pretty much. I mean, it's a a pretty heavy pack. It's probably 40 or 50 pounds. Oh, okay. Yeah. Uh, Magilla Gorilla was a cartoon back in the 70s. It was a, you know. It was. Yeah. Yeah. Gorilla. Yeah. God, I remember that one. Yeah, it was a gorilla for sale in the the little... uh, Pet store. Really? A little tiny little redhead girl was always trying to buy him, but she didn't have any money. No, I do oh, not yeah. remember that. Yeah, a couple of years before. it was. Ba- I barely remember it when I was a kid. I so. was going to say. Yeah. yeah, I must have just missed that mm. one. Mm. Huh. No kidding. Yeah. Um, but, so, you've been at Professional Martial Arts Academy. I th- nine years now. Nine years for mm. you? Okay, so this I'm. The beginning of the month. I started my ninth year in, like, June. Okay, that's what I. Th- okay, yeah. all right. So yeah. you're you're about a year and a couple months ahead of me because mm. I'm about to January. I'll be starting my eighth year there. Okay. Yep. Yeah. 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 All mm. right. All right. And um, uh, that's basically where we know each other from. Yeah, absolutely. Um, but you have gone through something extremely. Uh, um, uh, where? Okay. So I'll, let me re rephrase myself here i'm gonna try to fix this in edit but probably not um this is where my brain goes but so you're a firefighter yes and not a volunteer you're no, you're straight up firefighter, firefighter. yeah, yeah well because i know there's a giant difference between mm-hmm. the two but what besides not being at the firehouse all the time what is the major differences between a volunteer and a well a volunteer firefighter usually if they have a a fire they get called in and, uh, you know, by that time, a lot of times the fire's, you know, fully engulfed the house by the time they get there. So they're just saving the foundation. Whereas we're professional oh. firefighters. We're, we're there 24 hours a day, seven days a week, 365. So if it's Christmas morning, we're still there if we're supposed to be on shift. And we're there. We try to get there and put the fire out before you lose your ho- entire house. So No kidding. It's, it's yeah. I mean, I, I don't think that this should be volunteer. I think it should all be you know, full-time firefighter. Now, is that because you think it's dangerous? Well, I mean, for life safety reasons, you know, to be able to save lives, be able to, you know, save their houses as well. And, and really, it's more about protecting people and not so much the, um, the property. But if we can, we try to limit the damage to the house as well, you know. But when you have volunteer, if there's somebody hanging out of a second-story window and it takes them 20 minutes to get there, whereas if you have a full-time fire department, you're going to be there, you know, maybe in – Three minutes, five minutes, depending on where it is, and oh, uh, okay. hopefully be able to save their lives so they're not, uh, you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm sorry, I'm paying attention. I have multiple things oh, on my brain. Um, so, yeah, you you work in a firehouse out of Methuen. Yes. 
Okay, all right, but you don't you don't live there, but you. I grew up there. Oh, okay, and, all right, because I, I read I a lot about yeah. Methuen, yeah. and then we spoke this morning, and you're like, I live over in Plastow, and yeah. I was like, yeah. oh, that's I interesting. Bought, I bought a house there about two years ago. Um, you know, Brooke and I getting engaged, and we you know wanted to buy a house, and um, after looking around, we actually looked in Derry, we looked pretty much everywhere in between between Methuen, you know, all the way down to like Drake, it all the way up to, you know, Derry, Londonderry, all that, and. You know, the house we found that we thought would be good for us just happened to be in Plasto. It was the right price, the right time. It was actually a closer commute for me. Unfortunately for her, she's about an hour away for her commute. Oh, okay. But she's a teacher in Lowell. But um, it worked out good for us, you know? Oh, that's and awesome. Right before the market started spiking like crazy. Well, yeah, you, you know? got in there just before yeah. that chaos because, mm. I mean, the, the housing market's a wreck right oh, it's now. Insane. I, I mean, I saw and interest rates. rates at 7%. Yeah. Which yeah. I don't even know how anybody could do that. You're talking no. a fifteen hundred dollar mortgage just went to three thousand yeah. dollars. Like, and we get in under three. So it was like Wow. We got it right at the right time. I refinanced and got mine under three Good. as yeah. we got locked down. Awesome. Once we got locked down, I was mm. like, wait a minute, I can't go to oh, work. Yeah. What do I do? <laughs> I still yeah. gotta pay for everything. So ran around and consolidated and Absolutely. did all this stuff and got everything refinanced mm. and then rode the lockout, you know, the lockdown out. Absolutely. Um, but so you, you went to community college in Methuen, you did all that well, stuff. I went, I went to Northern Essex community college in Haverhill. Oh, that was in Haverhill. Yep. Okay. Yep. All right. So yep. what was that for? Was that uh, I originally went for business and finance. Oh, okay. Not. I, I worked uh, at Putnam investments for eight years and then I was there on nine 11 Oh. Saw all that stuff happen, and I kind of reevaluated my life at that point and decided, you know, I want to do something different, something oh. that meant something to the world, you know? Wow. So yeah. so after that is when you decided to become a firefighter? Yeah. yeah, I went and took the test a year later, and then I had to wait a couple of years to be able to get on. But, um, you know, it's something – when I was a kid, I always wanted to, you know, either be a firefighter or, uh, you know, when I was a little kid maybe, Spider-Man. That it wasn't uh, obviously <laughs> going to happen. You can't be Spider-Man? Yes, not. I mean, <laughs> Damn it. No radioactive spiders keep around. Trying, keep but, trying. I mean, you know, I always wanted to be, you know, a police officer, a firefighter when I was a kid. And, you know, I kind of reevaluated things. And I heard the test was coming out. And I said, you know what? I'm going to try to do that. You know, try to. You know, my son was like seven years old then, I think. Uh, actually, he was probably he was younger. But, um, you know, when I finally get on, yeah, when, he, when I get on, I think he was five. Four or five, but I want to set a good example for him and, and you know show him that money's not everything. You know, when I was in finance, I was you know looking to you know get towards a position where I could be a fund manager at some point. Making, yeah, you know those guys are making millions of dollars and stuff. Right, but it's not it's not worth it. That's like stock exchange stuff, yeah. stuff yeah. like that. Wall Street. Well, investments. You know, investments. Kind of, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, they make hand over fist money oh. easy. The, the problem I, I learned when I was there was that. Um, you know, people would screw over their own grandmother for another 3%. Right. And I, I just don't have that in me. That's just not who I am. Okay. Know? So I didn't have that, that killer instinct, you know what I mean, to go for that, um, despite my resting murder face that I had. <laughs> you know. <laughs> my, my wife likes to tell me that all the time. She's like, resting she's like, murder you know, face? When I, I like that. When I first met my wife, like, 12 years ago, she was like, she was like you know, I always thought you were just so angry. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And when I first met my wife, uh, I was in our pool league, and um, we, you know, I used to shoot pool on, two, on Monday nights all the time, and that's how I met my wife. And um, she's like, "Yeah, I always just thought you were so angry back then." And it was like, "Well, I just gotten divorced, 
I was working like 100 hours a week. And I also have uh, some some tissue damage here. Uh-huh. I hit with a ice ball when I was a kid. My tooth went through my lip. So, ah. it, uh, you know, I, I don't feel anything from like here to here. Oh, for real? It went yeah. numb? Yeah. So so sh- she likes to call it my scowly face. <laughs> oh. So I have people ask me all the time. They're like, why are you so angry? And I'd be like, what are you talking about? <laughs> but you can't feel no, what's no. going on there. So yeah. because of that, you have a little bit of a disconnect from what face you're making, yeah. per se. Yeah. And wow. for some reason, everybody thinks I'm angry all the time. And I'm like, I'm probably the most even kill guy you could meet. <laughs> I, I do have to say, when I first met you, you mm. seemed pretty angry. But as the years mm. have gone on, I've understood you're, you're, you're not an angry person. It's just... No. You know, everybody's kind of, we all got just, it's just my face, mm-hmm. right? It's, it's just, just my face. I am. So, yeah, but. yeah I, it, and I think that's, I, I, I don't know. Like, I think I'm always smiling and mm. just, yeah, yeah, yeah. you know what I mean? So, yeah. like, we've all kind of got our, our, our look to us, you know? Mm. So, I don't, I, but I think it's interesting. You got hit in the face with an ice ball and just mm. went numb. Yeah, it was just like a really hard snowball, and it hit me, and my, my tooth went right Ugh. through my lip. I got like 16 stitches, like I think it was like six on the outside and like 10 Holy on the inside. Shit. And just, just caused like nerve damage. That was always the worst when you think it's a snowball mm. and it turns yeah. out to be somebody laced it with ice and you're like, uh, you no, son of a like bitch. One of those hard packs, oh, and you know? he packed it? Yeah, yeah, those are brutal. It was like worse was than like a rock. 14 or 15 when that happened. Right, but that's but, what we you know, do. It happens. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Now, when you first got into like firefighting, um, let's say you, you went through all the tests. You're, you're, you're an actual firefighter now. Mm-hmm. What was like, what was that like for you? Were you automatically running into a building? Was it, you were on the uh, fire engine at when first? I, when I first started, it was, it was actually a bit of a culture shock for me. Okay. I mean, I came from, you know, working in finance, wearing a suit and tie every day mm-hmm. to, um, firehouse shenanigans. Like you couldn't believe. Oh, really? Yeah, I don't get too much into the, some of the craziness that we do at work, but uh, let's just put it this way. You need to have thick skin there. Okay. You know what yeah. I mean? Because, you know, guys like to play pranks on each other and yep. test each other. You know, I think part of the reasoning behind it is if you if you can't handle getting your balls bu- uh, busted a little bit, how, how are we going to trust you on a fire and things like that? Well, that's team building. Yeah. And, and, and even though it may be looked at as a negative thing, mm. the way that you were team building, you're yeah. also trusting somebody to save you from a fire in case something Absolutely. goes wrong. Absolutely. So it's not like – it's just like when people were putting down those people in, in, in the Army where they were getting gassed and having to sing happy birthday. Mm. I don't know if you heard about that. No. But, yeah, so the, the, this whole – feely feely thing and they saw this videotape that should have never been released but it mm. was it was people in the army they were getting gas they had to sing happy birthday but that's because if they're getting gassed in a war they need to be able to get through that absolutely so when i hear of something like this i'm not i'm not thinking to myself oh this is horrible why would you guys mm. torture each other no i'm thinking well that's a really good way to build oh, trust yeah. between one another because if somebody's weak you want the weak one outside mm-hmm. doing something else. You Absolutely. don't want them in the house behind you because if you fall, how the fuck are they going to pick you up? It's not going to work. So uh, as far as I'm concerned, that's a great way to build that type of team that mm-hmm. you need because at the end of the day, you're fighting a fire, which is basically uncontrollable and super dangerous. So you yeah. need those people to be on their 
game at all times. Yeah. So I wouldn't consider that to be a bad thing. I, I think it's actually a good thing. It just depends. Like, you're not supposed to do that at college, okay? Mm-hmm. You shouldn't be doing that at college. You don't need to uh, risk your life for a test or for this fraternity. So there, I see it as a bad thing. But when you're dealing with life and death situations, yeah. I think it's a good thing. Yeah. But you guys were doing that stuff in uh, team building, uh, we Mm -hmm. we can call it. Absolutely. I mean, like I said, for me, when I first got on, you know, that probably was the biggest culture shock for me. Okay, yeah. Um, But, you know, you started out, uh, in my city at least, you know, they have you um, in the alarm room, we call it. It's dispatch, answering the phones, answering 911 calls and whatnot, and then on the ambulance. Okay. You pretty much spend your first 10 years or so doing that. You know, bouncing between the two things, you know, dispatch and ambulance. And, you know, you get to understand a lot of the calls nowadays are medical calls, more so than, than uh, fire calls. Yeah. You know, you get a certain amount of fires every year, but we get, you know, 15,000, 16,000 ambulance calls a year. Oh, wow. So that's a big part of, you know, Methuen's a big city. It's uh, 28 square miles or so. so. Oh, shit. Yeah, it's actually really big. Um, you know, people think about Lawrence as being a bigger city. It's only eight square miles. Huh. Methuen's 28 square miles. Really? Yeah. Yeah. But there's no a lot shit. more people in Lawrence. Yeah. So I was going to say, it, yeah. 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 So. Population's bigger. It's much bigger. It's so much so bigger. what do you mean by like these ambulance calls? Like if somebody ODs and an ambulance has to show up, yep. you guys are there? Everything from, oh. you know, I, uh, I scratched a pimple on my face and it won't stop bleeding to, you know, I haven't pooped in two days or, you know, I got a, I a car accident. So every days. time an ambulance goes out, a fire. Well. We have, uh, we run three ambulances out of our city. Oh, you have ambulances. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So when you're one of the junior guys, you end up on either in dispatch or on the ambulance and stuff and doing that stuff. Um, and then once you, you know, move up a little bit, you know, you have a little bit of seniority, you can bid out to other, other stations and stuff and you end up either, like in my station, I'm either on the ladder truck or engine six. So uh, the engines, what will happen is like say, because our city's so big, all the ambulances run out of the central firehouse. So... Say there's something at the east end of the of town. We have a station over there, so they'll if it's a serious medical call, the engine will go. They'll try to you know get the vitals and you know triage the person until the ambulance gets there to take them to the hospital. Oh. So that's kind of how that works. So that they can be there faster, and then the ambulance comes and gets them, brings them to the hospital. Now, now if you you have your own ambulances, which must say fire on them, mm-hmm. right? Because they're fire, your yep. fire ambulance. Mm-hmm. Um, so what's the other what? Like, there's ambulances from the hospital, and then there's third-party ambulances, too? Do yeah. you have anything our, to do with any of those? No, no. In okay. Our, in our city, we do all the uh, 911 ambulance, but the um, oh. if, like, you, occasionally you'll see ambulances from other cities coming into our city doing transports from, like, a, you know, a, a assisted living or a nursing home to the hospital and things like that, back and forth kind of a thing. But any of the emergency 911 calls are us. Oh, you know, no kidding. Us, yeah. Oh, all right. So basically just 911 calls is what you deal with. Pretty much. Pretty yeah. much. Yeah. So so as you're uh, you're doing all this and um when was the what do you remember the very first fire at a house that you had to be involved with putting out or going inside and Yeah. Yeah. The very first one was probably I was out of the academy maybe 2 or 3 weeks. Oh shit. And I was at the, I was, you know, uh, somebody was out, so they, I was working overtime, and they, you know, the person that was out is at an outlying station, so I got to go there, work on the engine. I was very excited, as, you know, 30 years old, I was like, ah, oh, 
let's go, let's do this. And uh, I was actually talking to this guy, Oscar, who was on. He's a little bit of a crazy guy back then. And uh, he was like, I hope we get a fire today. That'd be fun, wouldn't it? And I was like, yeah, yeah. And as, as he said that, you know, Tones came in, got a, got a fire. I guess it was um, something in a dryer had caught fire. And uh, a passerby had saw the smoke coming out of the building. There was nobody, oh. nobody there. Oh, really? And, wow. And we went there and uh, dragged a line into the back. And thank, you know, thankfully, engine, engine One had been there before us, and they went and they, uh, they got it out for the most part, and we went and did a search. Me and the lieutenant went and did a search on the second floor to check if anybody was in there, try to get them out, and it was all clear, thankfully. And, you know, nobody was, nobody was home, so nobody got hurt. So it was oh, a good wow. Thing, you know? No shit. Yeah. So what is the worst fire you've ever gone to? Oh, it'd probably be the gas explosions in Lawrence. Oh, shit. Okay, yeah, yeah I remember that. Yeah. We, were, we were one of the first trucks to go down for that. I mean, the whole city was, like, blowing up. Yeah, that was crazy. Yeah. So a gas was filling into all the houses because they had done something to the gas main or something that caused it to, you know, overpressure the lines. Yep. So all the basements were filling up with gas, and then... Any kind of spark and houses really catching on fire or blowing straight up blowing up. It was Holy absolutely shit. crazy. I actually was like looking around in the sky, like the Chinese gonna be dropping in. I mean, is this like a World War Three? Like what's going on? Like I thought it was like attack of the infrastructure. Like it made no sense. It was the craziest thing I'd ever seen. And that was that was um what the fuck was that gas company? Um, they they, they, they ended that. up getting sued by everybody, and yeah. I think they did a giant, giant payout. Yeah, but I think from what I heard, they had so much insurance oh, against really? things like that happening, and then they like did a little change the name of the company, move things around, and I think they actually made out on the deal. Of course they did. Course. Why wouldn't they? I mean, that's the, rich the way. Get richer. We yeah, all, yeah, yeah, you know, yeah, struggle yeah. to get by. Isn't that the fucking story? Always. Always. Always, mm-hmm. absolutely. Yeah. That is so wild. Mm. So those guys, ga- those I remember. I, I that was two thousand eighteen or seventeen. I don't remember. Somewhere well, around it was there, a few right? Years ago, yeah. yeah, it was before COVID. Yeah. Um, and how was, long have you been firefighting? Sixteen years. Sixteen years. Mm. Oh wow, that's yeah. a good. Stretch. October first was sixteen years. So this is your all day, every day. Yeah. Um. Now. I, I, there's another firefighter that goes to Rick's school. Um, Ross. Ross, yes. Yeah, he he's works, gonna, he works he's gonna fucking kill me. I forgot his name. Uh, but, uh, yeah, he was telling me that, like, he's, like, 24 hours on, mm-hmm. and then, like, he gets, like, 48 hours yeah, off. 24 20- on, 24 off, 24 on, five days off. That's what it is, yeah. yes. Well, we work a lot of overtime. I don't know if Ross does. I, I do. I, I work all the overtimes they offer me, so... A lot of times they'll, they'll ask if you want to work the night before or you, one of your in-between shifts, like the day or the night in-between or, or the day after. So what ends up happening is, like, say they ask me to work the night before my first shift. I'm there from 5 o'clock at night, say, on, like, a Friday until 7 a.m. on Sunday morning. Oh, wow. And then come back maybe the next, you know, Monday, which is my second day, say. And then if they ask me to work overtime, I'm there till Tuesday night at 5 o'clock. No shit. Yeah. Yeah, because when he told me his schedule, I was like, what? Yeah. That's the craziest schedule I've ever heard of. Oh, yeah. yeah I mean, I if you don't work overtime, you end up working like seven, eight days a month, which isn't too bad. No. If you don't work, you know, overtime. I mean, but, you are doing a full 24-hour yeah, stretch, I mean, but you're still... It you, works out on average when you average it out over 52 weeks to like 42 hours a week. Okay. That's how it works out. So it's, it, it's does, basically, it does average It's 48 out. every eight days. 
So it, it, it ends up evening out to 42 hours a week. Oh, over no 52 shit. weeks, yeah. Because I was just like, oh, wait a minute, you yeah. get five days off in a row? Honestly, man, <laughs> if, if you're busy, you need those five days off. Okay. Like if, if, if we have, like, lately we've had some, you know, a couple of busy nights. You know, you go out a couple calls in the middle of the night, and, you know, alarms going off, things like that. Even if you don't do anything, if it's, it, you know, all right, it turns out to be, you know, a bad smoke detector or something silly like that, you still just disru- disrupted your sleep. You didn't get any sleep. Right, and you maybe get you know you, you you're prepared for it like it's a real fire. So you're getting there, you're all amped up, you're ready to go. It's two a.m. and it's nothing, and then you go back to the station, and the problem is you get like a hundred calls like that, and oh. then, bam, you got a real fire. So it's like you got to always treat it like it's a real fire. So you have oh, to go okay. there and really be prepared to do whatever you need to do. So do you, does anybody ever get to the point where like maybe uh, they get so many of those little calls that sometimes they'll get a big call, but they treat it like a small call. Um, is that I mean, it could be, we try really hard not to be like, that. I, I'm sure yeah. you, I'm sure you do, yeah. but I was just, I was curious if you've ever yeah. run into that type of situation where somebody maybe, yeah. uh, of more seniority was like, Oh, it's just another one of these. And then you get there and it's like a giant issue, but yeah. everybody seems to be pretty collected and on yeah. point and ready to go yeah. at all times. Mm-hmm. I mean, I come from a family with a lot of cops. A lot of police officers. Oh, uh, really? You know, state trooper, a bunch of, uh, you know, uh, one of my uncles like a, was a dog officer uh, for a long time, and I get a, you know, I get teased. I'm the only firefighter in the family, so. Um, oh, okay. You know, my cousin Pete likes to say, uh, you know, uh, hookers and firefighters, the only two jobs you make you living on your back, you know, because we get to sleep there, and it's like, if I sleep four hours a night, I'm I'm happy. Oh I'm wow! Happy. Okay, I mean? it's like. Yeah, if that was only true, if we were that quiet, maybe. But yeah. you know, some nights you might get lucky, and that's how it is. Not too often, though. Yeah, but know. the other thing is too is that like I believe that would be like trying to fall asleep in a in anywhere that's not your own bed. It's like oh, kind of yeah. weird. Yeah. Right. You kind of it takes a little bit, maybe a little bit longer to fall asleep, a little bit longer to get comfortable. Yeah. So like even though you're used to being in the firehouse, you're never comfortable. You're never. Yeah, exactly. You're always, you're always like, cause you have to like try to mentally be prepared to go out for anything. Yeah. You know, and it's not like we just go for just our fires. If Haverhill has a fire, if Lawrence has a fire, if North Andover, Andover, Drake it, Pelham, Salem, any of them have a fire. You're there. Chances are they're calling us for mutual aid to come and help them out. Oh, okay. Cause that was, that was my next question is mm. like, what is the actual difference between one, two, three, four alarms. Like mm-hmm. I, I've heard the phrase before, yeah. and people say that multiple fire stations get called. But mm-hmm. what what is the what is the actual difference between the right, alarms? So, so it really kind of depends on the city. But like, say Haverhill goes to a second alarm, it means they got to work in fire. They need some assistance. A lot of times, what they'll do is at a second alarm, they'll call in Methuen um, and. I think two other towns, maybe Salem for their ladder and um, one other town, their pump as well. And we'll go to, usually to the station, uh, the Water Street station, for coverage in case, you know, God forbid any other calls come in while they're fighting their fire. If it goes to a third alarm, they're calling in like two or three other cities and we're going to the fire to help them put out the fire. Oh. And then basically it just keeps stacking like that. Stacking like that. Now, Going back to the the Lawrence gas explosions, when that happened, um, we orig- they originally called for our ladder, and when their deputy got on scene of one of the houses that had just exploded, 
And then our ladder got unseen. My buddy Mark, who was lieutenant on the ladder, uh, said that he had a, a small fire in a basement. And then when he came out, another person across the street was saying their basement was on fire. And it was, I think, at that point where their deputy called for a general alarm, which was the first time I'd ever heard that. A general alarm. A general alarm means send everybody. Oh. Send everybody you can. I mean, we had trucks from Boston there, from Quincy, from Maine. From Maine? Everywhere. Manchester. Whoa. Yeah. You know Craig, the firefighter, Manchester firefighter? He, they, they sent a truck down to Bethune covering our city. Oh, we were in Lawrence. from Manchester? Yeah. No shit. Manchester was covering Methuen while we were in there fighting uh, with everybody else from Lawrence. It was absolutely insane day. Oh, We wow. were down there for five hours just, just doing whatever we could, turning off gas at houses. You know, uh, I was driving the truck, so, you know, the two guys that were on with me were going in and, and putting fires out, and it was, it was, it was crazy. It was a, it, probably one of the craziest days of my life. But... So, uh, and that lasted quite a while, though, didn't it? Yeah, we were down in Lawrence, my truck, for a little over five hours, five or six hours. Okay, I, so, I thought it was a couple days. That well, I mean, there was probably some residual stuff going on, but initially... Initially, it was yeah. that five hours, yeah. but that was a general alarm, which mm-hmm. just alerted everybody. It was like, basically, anybody and anybody, everybody come and everybody, on in. If you can send help, please send help. Please send help. Holy yeah. shit. It was, it was what, pretty what, crazy. What, uh, be... Off of the general alarm, but how, what's the most alarms something can get? Does it go past I four mean, alarms? Oh, yeah. I mean, it just keeps going. It just and keeps going. They have it set up. So, you know, when it gets to a certain point, you know, they'll send it to, like for us, it's, they'll send it to District 15, which is like a, you know, they, they control, you know, a larger portion of, of the state. And they'll send, you know, more trucks from more cities and stuff as needed from there if it's something bad, you know. And they'll start calling other people, sending them in. And a lot of times, you know, as soon as they call that, that alarm, you know, we'll just automatically get dispatched and start going. Right. And then you, you know? get there and then what? You go, we do whatever we can we, 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 you look at the situation, you go, we need more help. Well, and so do you turn? The deputy that's in charge of that oh, shift. Oh, okay. Or like in this situation, I believe their, their chief got on scene pretty quick too, you know, once he found out what was going on and. Yeah, then I think so they make that decision and and they go, all right, this is a four alarm. This is this alarm. This is this alarm. And you can have like 10 alarms or it's it's crazy. But if you got so much going on in a big area, that's Mm -hmm. why it became a general alarm because it was just so spread out. I mean, it was I mean, they had stuff blown up in North Andover and Andover at the same time because that's how bad this this whole situation was. It's like it was crazy. Wow. Wow, I've always wondered. I've always wondered mm. about that stuff. I was just mm. so curious. Wow, thank you. Yeah. I appreciate that because I was like, I was like, what, what's the difference between all these alarms? I don't yeah. understand how any of this works. Um, so 16 years firefighting, and mm. then um, recently, uh, you well, actually not re- well, pretty recently, but you're you're are you still recovering today from from uh, the COVID? Yeah, uh, I can say that. I um, yeah, I got pretty sick last year. I um, I got COVID with pneumonia, pretty bad. And um, you know, I was at home, felt like you know, felt like crap for probably five six days. Went to the walk-in, got tested, tested positive for that. They gave me an inhaler, that didn't help at all. It actually seemed to make my breathing much worse. Really? And yeah, every time I used the inhaler. I'd get relief for maybe 
30 seconds. And that and was then, a steroid inhaler? Yeah. That's what they gave my wife, Albuterol. too. Albuterol. Yeah. And it just got worse and worse and worse. And I probably should have listened to my wife and gone the day before. But I'm stubborn, so, you know. Yeah. Um, but when I eventually did wake up the next day and my breathing was even worse, I just said to my wife, I said, you need to bring me to the hospital. And we started driving down. And she wanted to call the ambulance. And, of course, again, me being stubborn, I'm like, no, no, just, just bring me. She started driving towards Lawrence General, and on our way there, I just said to her, turn up this hill and go to Holy Family. And she's like, why? Why do you want to? I thought you wanted to go to Lawrence. I was like, just do it. And I didn't want to uh, scare her and tell her I didn't think I was going to make it to Lawrence General. But when I walked into the ER and they, they took my vitals, I told the lady, I said, hey, I feel like I'm having a, a panic attack or something. And she goes, oh, you're not having a panic attack. We need to get you uh, in there right now. And I said, oh, what's my, you know, what's wrong? What was my vitals? And she's like, nah, don't worry about it. And I was like, what was it? And she said, your O2 sat was at 60. Now, normally your O2 sat supposed to be 98, 99%. Holy shit. Yeah. yeah. In 10 years in the ambulance, I never saw anyone below 80. Really? Yeah. I was at 60, you know? And that's how much you're taking in? That, that's that's a, the amount that you're, you, the oxygen is saturating into your blood. Oh. It's, six, it's only 60%. So I essentially couldn't breathe. I had so much fluid in my lungs with the pneumonia that, you know, they, they didn't know how I was even moving air. So they wow. got me in the ER. They brought me up to the ICU. They put me on uh, 40 liters at 100% oxygen by a nasal can- cannula up in my nose here, yeah. oxygen. And, uh, you know, seven days in the ICU, 12 total in the hospital. Jesus and, Christ. Uh, yeah. Yeah, and the worst part is I was sick for like a week and a half at home before I went to the hospital. Oh, okay. I mean, I ended up having a fever over 102, I think, for like 20 straight days. What? Yeah. It was bad. It was bad. So this was back, was this late 2020 or early 2021? It was August of 21. August of 21? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, okay. So it's just been over a year. Yeah. So... I only just got back to work like uh, two months ago. I think I went back uh, beginning of September, middle of September. Now, how do they hold your job for that long? Well, thankfully, I um, never abused sick time. So I had, you know, a year of sick time saved up because I never I never take more than one day a year usually. So Oh, wow. Um, but yeah. thankfully, I had that to fall back on and um, – that's used all my vacation time and everything. Well, yeah. you know, 16 years, you don't you, you don't abuse it if it's still there. I mean, thank, thank God. Oh, so like, like at, I work in retail, mm-hmm. so if we don't use it, we lose it. Yeah. yeah. Like, we don't, get, we don't get to accumulate that much. But when, when you're firefighting, yeah. it's different. You get to keep yeah. stacking that for, if you wanted to. I, I, it only goes up to a certain amount. Right. But, you know, and, and when you retire, if you have a ton of time saved up, they'll, I think they'll buy back, like, half of it or something. You know, okay. Which is nice. Huh. A nice little bump at the end when you retire. But, um, you know, I went through all my stuff, all my time and everything. And, you know, thankfully, because I hadn't abused it, the, the union pitched in and, and gave me a little extra time to. Okay. To so feel. you guys are union too? Oh, yeah. Oh, oh wow. Yeah. No kidding. Yeah. Oh, that's, that's, that's great. Yeah. So when this is all happening and you're, you're getting sick, you August of 2021, obviously, um, vaccines are being pushed on us. Everybody should mm-hmm. be getting vaccinated. It's going to help you. It's going to keep you yeah. out of the hospital. Are you are you vaxxed or unvaxxed? I didn't get the vaccine at that point because I have a lot of, like we were talking about earlier, I have a lot of uh, allergy issues and things. 
Oh, okay, and the propylene glycol, are you allergic to it? I'm allergic to a lot of stuff. Mm-hmm. And at that point, I was advised by my doctor to hold off on getting it right away. Good. And um, it turns out I found out after the fact. I mean, I knew I had had um, a tooth that needed to get pulled back in April of 2020. Okay. But that's when they were shutting everything down. Yep. And my dentist probably canceled four times over the next year. <sighs> to You know, and I had an abscessed tooth. And... My body was fighting that abscess tooth. Which weakened your immune system. Weakened my immune system. So when I got the COVID, it it hit me so much harder. Because your body's trying to deal with this. Yeah. And it couldn't protect you from anything else. Unfortunately, yeah. Which is the way our bodies work. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Holy shit. So when I get out of there, I get home and, you know, thankfully my chief, uh, you know, lent us uh, some oxygen bottles and stuff so I could get out of the hospital a little sooner because... I was going crazy sitting in there. And, I believe uh, that, yeah. You know, and thank God for my wife. I'll tell you. <laughs> you know, I only got married a few months before. I got married in April of last year. And, you know, with all my dietary issues and stuff, they they couldn't feed me. Like, I was begging them to, like, just, like, in the morning, I was like, could you just bring me, like, six high-boiled eggs? Right. Because, you know, I asked them for something else, and they messed it up every time. So... My wife was cooking for me for lunch and dinner and bringing it to me every single day. And at first they were like, oh, you, you can't come in to, to the ICU. And she was like, uh, you guys aren't feeding my husband. I'm bringing him food. Oh, good. And she was like, I will fight them if they don't let me in. Like, I don't care. She was amazing. Absolutely I mean, amazing. I mean, the, I, the whole thing is just so annoying because we all know that, like, everything that they were – implementing mm. and trying to protect us yeah. was the wrong thing to do. Oh, so um, you know, and, and I speak uh, uh, mostly about my, uh, uh, my anger towards getting vaccinated personally. Mm. Yeah. I, I wish I never did. Glad I never did. Um, I, I'm happy for anybody mm. who hasn't. I've got a bunch of friends that didn't and everything else. Yep. And I was working in retail and they were like, if you do this, you can take the mask off. And then I did it, mm-hmm. and they were like, put it back on. Yep. And that's when I threw my hands up, and I just yep. said, I'm done with all of this. Nope. But so did, I, I, don't, I don't know if it would have been any better for you if you had gotten it anyways, so. because with your allergies, depending mm-hmm. on what you're uh, specifically allergic to in mm-hmm. the vaccine, which most people are, is that, that glycol mm-hmm. that's in it is what most people are highly yeah. allergic to. I think that was what my doctor was the most yep, worried about. That's usually the yeah. main concern. Um, and, and it's just like, you're probably better off now. It's like, oh, yeah. yeah, you went through a lot. It was a very hard road for you. It mm-hmm. hit you really hard. Uh, but I think you're in a better position Absolutely. than I am. Absolutely. Because even though I got two shots of Moderna and nothing else, mm-hmm. I still haven't caught it. But who knows what's going to happen if I do. You know yeah. what I mean? It's funny when when I was in, when I first got into the ICU, the doctor came in. He's like, uh, "We're gonna take good care of you." You know, you, I understand you're a firefighter. And I said, "Yeah." And he says, "Where?" I said, oh, in, "In this town." And he's like, "Oh, okay. Yeah, we're gonna try some meds and stuff. The oxygen seems to be helping a little bit. My O2 sat at that point was back up into like the mid 80s." Okay. And, uh, and he's like, uh, "But you're a firefighter, so you must be vaccinated, right?" And I was like, <laughs> "Actually, no. I I haven't gotten the vaccine yet." And instantly his entire demeanor changed. And really? Said, and he said to me, I'm going to have to intubate you. And I looked at him and I said, no, you're not. And he said, what do you mean? No, I'm not. I said, over my dead body, you're not intubating me. 
Like on and a breathing machine? Yeah, he wanted to put a tube down my throat. No. To breathe for me. And I'll tell you this. Everyone I know that got intubated. Died. That I personally know. Died. Died. My, my aunt actually died the second day I was in the hospital. She had gone in a week before me. Oh, Jesus. And, um, you know, she's, you know, she was more a family friend. She was my, one of my mother's best friends. I, had, I hadn't seen her probably a year or two. But it's like she, she went in a week before I went in and... And she died the second day I was in the hospital. Yeah, but yeah, because she was intubated. Right, because you know? we learned yeah. at the very beginning of this, everybody yep. that we were putting on a ventilator right. ended up dying yep. because the body gives up. Well, that's the thing. I mean, when you get put on a ventilator for you know more than say three to five days, mm-hmm. your body's basically being told we don't need to breathe anymore. This thing yeah. is breathing for us. So getting you back off of that, from my understanding, from Yep. A lot of the medical people I know before COVID, you don't hear it as much now, but before pre-COVID, everybody would say, if you're intubated for more than, say, three to five days, your chances of coming off of it are maybe 15, 20%. It, yeah. That means that, I don't know, 85%, you're going to die. It's literally so a last resort. I said to myself, I will go to the hospital, but 100%, you're not intubating me. Wow. Because I'll take my chance. If I die, I die. But- I'm gonna. I'd rather take that maybe fifty-fifty chance mm-hmm. versus a fifteen percent chance of coming off of it. And when I told the guy, "No, you're not intubating me," he he asked me, "He goes, is your wife your healthcare proxy?" And I said, "Yeah, why? <laughs> why?" He turns around, walks out, and calls my wife. What? And says to her, calls her up, and I'm texting her right away, like, "You tell this guy no." And he says, he says to her, "You know, I need to intubate your husband. I need your permission to do so." And she goes, "Did he just tell you no?" And he goes, well, yeah, but we really need to do it. And she said, if he told you no, the answer is no. And the guy just was like, ah. <laughs> and the next day, he had two different nurses call my wife and try to convince her to let to him put intubate you? me. What? I straight up, when he came in the next day and he tried to, tried to convince me again, I said to him, I said, I don't care if I can't breathe. I will fight you if you try to. Straight up, I will fight you. Nope, not doing it. Holy shit. Yeah. And And this is 2021. Yep. So what are we doing? It's crazy. Are you running around right now trying to get all your Christmas shopping done? Well, guess what? I'm here to tell you, you don't even have to leave the house today. No, you can stay right there, right where you are, sitting on your butt in front of your computer, and you can order the coolest gifts you're going to give anybody this holiday season. That's right, at slowdownclothing.bigcartel.com. If you don't know how to spell it, it's right here at the bottom of the screen, or you can click the link in the description below the video. You're going to give the coolest gifts ever. That's right. Not only do they have a wide variety of clothing and everything else to choose from, but they come with the coolest colors, the best prints. And now with only a couple weeks away from Christmas, you're going to want to get those ordered immediately to get them shipped to your house in time for the holidays. And what better way to do it than to use a promo code T-O-P-H-E-R and get an extra 10% off that purchase this year. Isn't that incredible? Spreading the holiday cheer by saving money. Yes, you get to save money, get really great products at a great price, and... Put the smiles on your friends and family's faces that 
They're just going to they're going to be so happy when they receive these gifts. I'm telling you right now, this is where you want to be getting your gifts this year. You can get winter jackets, you can get skateboards and gloves and hats and shirts and kids tees. Oh, speaking of kids, they're all going to be on school vacation for this holiday season. So why not send them back to school looking extra cool in their slow down clothing t-shirts? Everybody's going to be asking where they got those. How did you get such cool shit? And you're going to be able to tell them, well, my mom and dad bought it for me for Christmas. And this is where they got it because this is the only place you can get this stuff and be this cool. They're all tattooed inspired. The shirts are amazing. The designs are flawless and the colors are super bright and everything holds up from wash to wash to wash. So why are you buying anything else this holiday season when you should be going to slowdownclothing.bigcartel.com today and get an extra 10% off your purchase using T-O-P-H-E-R, heat, gas, and everything else is expensive enough. Save some money on your gifts this year and get the gifts that are going to put the smiles on everybody's face. And the only place to get those gifts are right here at slowdownclothing.bigcartel.com. That's slowdownclothing.bigcartel.com. You're not sure how to spell it. It's right here at the bottom of the screen, or you can click the link in the description below the video. And of course, before you check out, use promo code T-O-P-H-E-R for an extra 10% off your purchase today so they're still doing this to people today Mm -hmm. Uh, but the funny thing is you know now i get out 12 days later i go home um about a month after i got home one of my friends i i told the story to my brother like i just said it to you and he told a couple of his friends you know what i had gone through and thank god because one of our friends one of my brother and i's mutual friends went to the same hospital saw the same doctor in the icu Basically told him the same thing. We're going to try some drugs. We're going to, you know, do what we can to help you. The oxygen seems to be helping, et cetera, et cetera. Are you vaccinated? Mm-hmm. And as soon as my buddy said no, same exact thing happened. Really? We're going to intubate you. And my buddy said, no way in hell am I letting you intubate me. And the guy tried to fight him on it. And he was like, look, I'll take my chances. This guy's so headstrong on putting people on ventilators. It's because they're paying the hospitals. Yeah, I know. If you die, they get money for you. Yeah, like $45,000 yeah, if don't... you're intubated. If you're not intubated, it's like 20000 for treating the patient. But it's like... See, I, I always felt like that crazy. incentive to yeah. basically kill, kill people, people <laughs> was yeah. not a good idea. Yeah. <laughs> it's so fucked up. Um, well, so, I'll tell you. Like, yeah, when go I, ahead. When I get out. Yeah. When I get out. I go home. Now, before I get sick, I was 245 pounds and feeling like the best shape of my life because, you know, I've been training a lot. And um, when I got home from the hospital, and all I wanted to do after 12 days in the hospital was take a shower. Oh, I bet, yeah. Yeah, and I get undressed, and I go to take a shower. My wife had to help me because I was having a hard time breathing and stuff still. And I looked in the mirror, and I didn't know who the heck I was looking at. I was like... Maybe 210 pounds, 215 Oh, wow. Pounds. You lost another 30 I at was, least? I was emaciated. It was awful. I I stayed downstairs probably for another month when I got home because if I walked five feet to the bathroom. That was it. My heart rate was through the roof. I couldn't breathe. I was back on oxygen for like 10 or 15 minutes just to calm my stuff down. Like, that's how bad it was. It was awful. And, I, I mean, it probably took me 
a month to be able to walk to the kitchen on my own and stuff. Jesus and Christ. Probably another month just to get to the end of the driveway and back a couple of times. Just to be able to, try, like, I had to push myself every day to try to do a little bit more. A little, a little bit, bit more. more a little, little bit, bit more. more. But it's like, wow. the first time I walked to the end of my driveway, I walked, you know, the length of my driveway a couple of times. And it's like maybe 100 feet in my driveway. And then I was wiped out for the rest of the day. Like, that's how crazy it was. So do you know what strain you had? Was it the Omicron? I mean, it, was it at the that point, they were talking about Delta? the Delta variant. Mm-hmm. You know? Yeah, well, that, that was the straight Delta, though. Yeah. That was straight Delta. Yeah. Okay, because yeah. I think somebody else we know had that, and he mm-hmm. was hospitalized as well. Yeah. Um, but he, 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 he bounced back a little bit yeah. quickly, more, well, I, a little I, bit quicker Again, I mean, before I got sick with this thing, I probably get sick once every five years or something. Mm-hmm. You know, I'd get, like, you know, strep or... Or something else, whatever, and I get really sick for a couple of days, and then I'm fine, and then I don't get sick again for another, you know, four or five years or something. That, that's I, I've always been a very healthy guy, so this was like I didn't understand. It was so crazy, and at first I was like, ah, I'll be back at work in a couple of weeks. <laughs> no way. So. I, I mean, I thought for sure. I was like, ah, I always bounce back quick. I heal quick. This and that. And man, when I tell you, I had to go to rehab, two different rehabs. I went to Northeast Rehab, which. Amazing, amazing people like there. Like, for breathing? Well, for just just to get my strength back. Oh, okay. Believe it or not. Okay. And I went to Northeast Rehab for, like, a, a they had, like, a, a COVID rehab there. So it was, like, to get my wind up a little bit and to get my muscles moving again and things. Huh. And then they recommended for me another rehab they had at the Plastow uh, Northeast Rehab, which was more heavy lifting kind of stuff and, like, really getting me moving. And, and then from there I had to, you know – the insurance only covers it for so long, and then you got to kind of do stuff on your own. And, you know, I just had to try to go to the gym, and I got back into training a bit, you know, jiu-jitsu and whatnot, and I just pushed myself. I mean, when I first went back to jiu-jitsu, it was probably, I don't know, five or six months after I got sick, and the first few classes, I just walked. Yeah. You know what I mean? I walked the, the yeah. warm-up, and then I did technique, and then I watched you guys roll. And it was like – it was the hardest thing ever to not train, like right. not really train. And, but I had to keep my body moving. I had to, because I was like, you know, um, in November of last year, uh, a couple of months after I was sick, I had a pulmonary function test and they said my lung function was only at 50% at that point. Jesus. So Christ. I was basically out there with, with half a lung, you know, and, um, Two months ago when I'm back to work, I had had another pulmonary function test, and it was up to, like, 81%. And my pulmonary doctor told me that of all his patients who are, who are sick as me, the average patient only got about 10% better. He said he didn't see anyone that had my kind of an increase in, in lung function. He said, whatever the hell you're doing, keep doing it. And I told him, I said, I, you know, I, I went back to, you know, I, when I first saw him, I said, you know, I just got back to jujitsu, and I said, I'm just doing what I can. And I'm monitoring my vitals in between and stuff and just, just trying to do whatever I can. And he's mm-hmm. like, yeah, as long as your, you know, heart rate doesn't get beyond this point, and as long as you're feeling okay, you know, do whatever you can. Keep pushing yourself. Get that cardio. Get, you got to get the lungs moving and, and breathing and stuff. And the problem is with the pneumonia, I, I was so full of fluid. Yeah, yeah, that it's brutal. I have scar tissue all through my lungs. Oh, shit. So, I mean, he told me um, with the way that I bounced back, um, he said a lot of it's probably because I was an athlete beforehand that hopefully I'll make a full recovery like within the next year or so. 
So it's still it's still so you still time. have a chance yeah. to get back up to a hundred. Oh, yeah, yeah. No shit. That's why I keep pushing myself, man. I mean, you know, I but go, you're at like eighty five right now. Somewhere around there. Somewhere around yeah, there. Yeah. That's still giant compared to that yeah. 50. Dude, I'm telling you, it's like, I have times where I'm like, oh, man, you know, and it's just, it's killer. Yeah, I went on a call the other night and just walking around in the store, the alarm's going off and just walking around with my gear on and carrying a tool for like 45 minutes. Trying and you to get that little reminder. And that I was like, oof, I feel a little old now. <laughs> like, oof, you yeah. know, I, you know. People that ne- never really usually think that I'm as old as I am, which is right. funny. Right, no, but, yeah. You know? I, I thought and you were my age or a yeah, little bit younger. Yeah. I did. And, you know, I, I kind of feel my age now. It's kind of a little... Yeah, don't you know, hate not a big saying fan that? Of that? No, yeah, no, I'm not either. No, but, you know, <laughs> the, the hope is that I get back to where I was. And yeah, you know, yeah, yeah. I feel so much better than I did, you know. And I, I, th- I thank God for, you know, getting me through it. It's just, oh, when I was in there, I was like, oh. God, don't do this to my wife. That's such a brutal road to come back from. Yeah. And that that could have completely ended everything. That was on the verge yeah. of everything ending for you. And first you day still managed to come back from that. That's yeah. pretty incredible. I was worried I was going to die. First I don't think days. you'll ever forget that experience, even yeah. with the good ones coming. You know yeah. what I mean? I think mm-hmm. you, that that's one that will, will stick with you. You know yeah. what I mean? Yeah. Like uh, when whenever I've had like a bad experience and I thought it was the end of the world, it's like mm-hmm. all the good stuff that happens after that. I'm yeah. like, oh, I forgot about that. But that's something you'll probably oh, yeah. never let go of, huh? It's uh, yeah, no, it's not something you can forget. It's, no, uh, you know, I mean, but I, I had a, a great example growing up. My, my dad has been through some crazy stuff in his life. When he was um, when he was 12 years old. He woke up one morning and couldn't feel his legs and oh shit by the end of the the first day he was paralyzed from the neck down what yeah he's 12 years old he's paralyzed from the neck down nobody knew what the hell caused it and eventually this doctor flew in from germany because he had discovered this rare blood disease in this small part of germany where only like 50 people had ever gotten this weird disease or blood disorder it's a kind of purpura And my father got this exact same disease. And he was, at the time, the the only person in the United States to ever get it. And they all predicted that he'd be dead by 16, right? He'd never walk again, nothing. And magically, like a year, year and a half later, one morning he woke up and he had pins and needles in his legs and his feet. What? And, yeah, and within like a week, he started being able to move like his toes and stuff and, and being able to move again. And they had to get him into rehab, and he had to learn how to walk again, how to use his hands again, how to everything. He had to learn how to do everything all over again. You know what I mean? Yeah. And, like, it probably took him another year or two to be able to really do everything. But it's Well, like, I mean, everything had to atrophy. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. But yeah. Then, they, then they told him, you probably still won't live to be 18. My, my dad's 73 now. Holy shit. Right? <laughs> and he just, I mean, the guy's gotten the last rights like four times in his life. I mean, wow. that's how many times they thought he was going to so, die. How how did he if, if if fifty people in Germany had this? That's why the doctor came here. He had no right, idea how he doesn't know. How, he never went to Germany. He never nope. was over in that area. Nope. He just was somebody in America that caught I it. I think I think it must have had something to wow. do with my dad grew up on a farm. Okay, and my my grandfather owned a turkey farm in Chemsford. And oh, you think it had to when do my dad was like a little that. kid. 
he was in charge of, uh, believe it or not, like seven years old, was in charge of uh, watching the workers kill the turkeys. Mm-hmm. Like they'd put the turkeys in these little things, and my dad would walk across with a knife <laughs> at seven years old, slitting all the throats of all the turkeys. And oh, then they Jesus. would go in and they would, you know, rip <laughs> So you see, like, you know, covered in turkey blood and all this other stuff at seven years old. I'm willing to bet that those people in Germany that got this, there's probably something to do with that. Oh, wow. You know, maybe some kind of poultry thing or something, but. Did they ever, they, they never narrowed it down to what, no. <coughs> no. excuse me, what it was? No. Wow. You know, and then like four years ago, my dad had a really bad stroke. He had, okay. a, he had a bleed in his brain and, you know, um, they weren't able to go in and operate to, to close it up. Usually if you have a bleed in your brain, it's unlike a blockage, like a blockage, they could push this medication through and, and hopefully clear the blockage and you be, can actually be okay. Whereas a bleed, they have to be able to go in and cauterize it to stop the bleeding in your brain, yep. or chances are 90% of the time you're dead. Right. Not for my father. Even though he had, they couldn't go in and, and stop the bleeding, we were basically waiting around for him to die for like two weeks, and then it was like, he's still alive. What's going on? So they sent him to rehab, and they said he'll never walk again, he'll never use his hand again. Um, best case scenario, maybe he can stand, turn, pivot, sit. And, you know, wipe his own ass. That's, like, best-case scenario. My dad, he don't give a shit. He's like, nope, watch this. Guy's walking with a with a walker, but he's walking with a one-handed walker. And he can, you know, he can do this to you. <laughs> and, and, you know, hold his phone in his hand. And they said he would never be able to do even that. What? And he's happy as can be with that. You know what I mean? Like, he, he, works, <laughs> he worked so hard to get back. And four years later, he's still alive. Holy shit. You know, so twice this poor guy has had to learn how to walk again, how to use his hands again, all kinds of stuff. Like, it's amazing. But they still can't determine what's causing this. No. Well, that was a stroke. That was so, a stroke, right. Yeah, that but was still. You know, yeah, some crazy stuff. Jesus but, Christ, yeah. man. And he but just keeps getting up and walking. He just, you know, and honestly, all the crazy stuff I've seen in my life, I've always just like, I thought about, I, you know, I think about my dad as a kid and all that stuff. And it's like, you know what, man? No matter how bad things are, stick one foot in front of the other yeah. and just keep moving. That's that's you what know? I do because of my dad. The same, you know. And, and every time I've had a, a, a hard time in the last, you know, eight nine years, you know, struggling with different things. You know, I, I, uh, you know, I got divorced ten years ago. I was trying to raise two boys on my own and stuff. Jesus. And, and uh, just struggling to get by, and you know, paying off debt and everything from the divorce and all that stuff. Working a million hours and tr- at the same time trying to raise two kids by myself. Um, you know, no matter what it was, you just stick one foot in front of the other and just keep going, just keep working, you know? Holy shit. And, and I mean, the thing is, people don't know, like, what's going on with you. Yeah. You know? Yeah, no people one just, does. They just think, they just assume things, and they think they know who you are as a human yes. being. It's yes, yes, like, 100%. It's like, people, if you knew the kind of crap I've gone through, you wouldn't you wouldn't treat me the way that you do. Right. You know? And that's the thing, though. We're it's all going through something. Absolutely. Every single one of yeah, us. Absolutely. Nobody has... This wonderful, picture-perfect <laughs> no. life. Even the uh, rich people absolutely. have their days. The yeah. only difference between them and us is the amount of money that they have because yeah. they can make most of the simple things just go away, yeah. but they still have big things that they have to deal well, with. All of us do. I'll tell you, my, my, my mother runs a bank. She's, she's been a bank manager for, I don't know, 40 years or something, and she'll say, that, she'll say this, uh, all the rich people that she ever had, just like you and I, I live in paycheck to paycheck. Mm-hmm. Most, almost all of them. And this is the smart ones who save a lot of their money. But there's, uh, most people, 
a paycheck. If they lose their job tomorrow, guess what? That big house, the nice car, it's gone. gone. It's gone. gone. Yeah. Because they have to keep making yeah. that amount of money because in order to keep that. It. Yeah. You know, and well, that's well, that was a big thing about Johnny Depp back in the day was that he had he was he was going through X a million a month just for his houses and the people that work and all this shit. Oh, yeah. And he was just Cleaning going, his bed. yeah, hand over <laughs> fist money. And yeah. it was like, if pirates of the Caribbean stopped tomorrow, he would lose all of that. Which you know what crazy. I mean? It's like, they're, it's, they're know. outliving their means. Yeah. I believe is how it's worded for me. Um, you know, like when I, when I get divorced, my ex-wife had racked up a ton of debt and stuff in my name. So I ended up, you know, oh. I didn't know about it. So I ended up getting stuck with it and having to pay it all off. So, you know, from there, I, you know, I had to live like a poor person for a few years and really just bust my ass and save my money. And I just continued to do that after all the debt was paid. How off. old were your boys at this time? Uh, when I get divorced, Nate was eight, I think. And Charlie, I think my stepson was 15. Um, Holy shit. Yeah. So, I mean, when I get divorced, her daughter left to move with her and my stepson stayed living with me until he was 20. Is that her son? Yeah. Yeah. Really? Yeah. He wanted to stay living with me. No shit. Yeah. Oh, Which, that's very interesting. Yeah. yeah. How, how did that play out in court? Did you end um, up adopting him? Uh, or honestly, did he end up going back just, with her? He just ended up staying with me. I really? Mean, yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's what he wanted, and his mother didn't fight it, so I was like, awesome. Oh, she didn't fight no. it? She, I don't think she ever really wanted to be a mother, to be honest, unfortunately. Oh, okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah, I've met those. Yeah. Yep. You know, would have been nice to know that before I got married. Right, of course. <laughs> yeah. But, you know, it is what it is. I mean, I was his dad since he was two. So, as far as he was concerned, I'm dad. Oh, so you, you were know. with her for like 12 years? Um, Yeah, yeah, because we were together like four years before we got married. And then, you know, about nine and a half years married. Oh, wow, that's a long yeah. relationship to have yeah. go so sour. Well, when somebody pretends to be one person and then, and then they're married not. and then they're not. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, unfortunately that happens. And unfortunately this story mm. is not uh, unheard of. You no. know, this happens. No. Usually it's the male doing it to the female, not like this way. Think. Yeah, I mean, but. When I get divorced. Hey, they get to play equal roles now, right? Yeah. <laughs> when, it's funny. When when I get divorced, the um, all my friends said, as long as you don't get Judge Manzi, she hates men. She screws men over. And I'm sure as shit, who do I get? Judge Manzi. And thankfully for me, we went in together and we sat down with a mediator and, and worked it all out ourselves. Oh. And when the judge, you know, supposedly the biggest man hater in the history of Massachusetts, read what it said, that I was going to keep the boys like 90% of the time. She was going to take Nate only, not even Charlie, just Nate, my youngest. Um, the days that I have, the days that I'm at work and every other weekend, that's all she wanted. And the judge looked at her and was like, you're okay with this? And she was like, yep. And she looked at me and she was like, really? Like, this? Really? And I was like, and she was just like, I think you should give him money. And she was like, what? And I was like, honestly, you're on up. Because she wanted to make me, she wanted to make her pay me like 120 bucks a week or something. Oh, okay. And, and at the time, I was like, she'll quit her job tomorrow if that's the case. I looked at her and I said, honestly, Your Honor, uh, my thinking is if you make her pay me, I'm going to be back here every couple of months fighting to try to get money out of it because it's just not going to happen. Right. I'm like, it's not worth it. No. Nope. Let her keep it. I have, the, I have the boys. I get the house. I don't really care about anything else. And she was like, all right. 
But she was siding she with was me. getting ready to side. She was she siding was with you, siding getting with ready to make the her biggest pay man you. Hating judge in Massachusetts. No shit, siding with me. But you're right though. That yeah. if you know this person that well, mm-hmm. you'd be back in court all the time, all the chasing time. this it fucking money. It. And it some of the times, it. I think they set that up mm-hmm. so that the person does wind up in jail. Yeah. Like they already know that they're going to oh. take that route, so they make yeah. them pay, knowing that they're not going to be able to take care of it yeah. or do what they're supposed to. Honestly, if. if after talking to my lawyer, when I when I showed her what that my ex did with the credit cards, she said uh, she'd be looking at like twenty five years in jail. Yeah, for what she just did, and she racked up like fifty grand in debt. Holy fuck! Yeah. What? And yeah, it was crazy. And but she said to me, my lawyer, you know, thank God for her. I mean, she said, "But are you going to tell your eight year old son that you put his mom in jail because she did this?" Right. And I was like, ugh. I thought about it. I didn't say anything for like a week. I thought about it, and then I was just like, I'll figure it out. Right. And I did. And you know what? It made the next few years really tough. I had to work as much as I could. Thankfully, Charlie was there to help me out with, with Nate. And, uh, I, you know, I just struggled to get by. And, and the thing is, it, it taught me how to live within your means and really, you know, buckle down and save mm-hmm. your money. And then once I was caught up, I still did that. And just saved my money and was able to, you know, do more things. You know, a little time went by. I actually had some money, so I was able to start training jujitsu and stuff. I took my son, Nate, to try a class. I actually wasn't even planning on trying a class myself. Oh, really? And, no. I took, I took my son because I wanted him to check it out. Yeah. And Sheehan Laura says to me, you know, do you want to try the adult class? It's right after uh, the kids' class. And my boys were both sitting there, and they go, he ain't going to do it. And I was like. Really? Yeah, I'll try it. <laughs> and I went, and I was having so much fun. I was like, holy God, why didn't I try this a long time ago? And my very first class, one of the guys I was training with, my first, like, open role was with since, was with Dan. Okay. And, and Dan, who just got his black belt, amazing. Absolutely amazing. I mean, he was a purple belt, I think, back then. And he damn near choked the life out of me twice both with a triangle just because yeah, he's my size he tried yeah he's like a, i think he was 140 pounds yeah like yeah yeah. and i was at the time when i started jujitsu i was 293 pounds holy shit and i mean i was in a power lifting and stuff for a long yep, time yep. and you know here i am this monster and this guy literally half my size damn it chokes the life out of me twice and i'm saying to myself man if this guy can do this to me i gotta learn this I, this is cr- like my dad used to say all the time when I was a kid. You know, someday you're gonna get the worst beat in your life by somebody smaller than you, and it took jujitsu yep. at 37 years old for that to happen. And I was just like blown away by it. I was like, "This is this is crazy. I have to learn how to do this because if this can happen, I mean, you have to you have to learn it. It's like it was the best thing I ever did. Best decision I made in my life. Yeah, you know, I signed up my son and I, and I honestly looked at how much it was, and I was like, I have no idea how I'm gonna pay for this. Yeah, I don't care. But I have to. I will figure it out. Yeah, that's the same thing I do. And honestly, um, you know, and I, I went there right before, uh, you know, Ke- Kevin, he who shall not be named, left with a bunch of students and, uh, you know, lied about, you know, trying to say Tim was a bad guy and stuff and took all the students and went down to Wyndham to start his little Henzo Gracie school. But um, I have to say, I'm so glad I didn't leave. Yeah. I had so many friends that did leave. Yep. And they were all telling me, oh, come down here, come down here. And, and I actually, like, you know, for a half second I thought about it, and I was like, you know, yeah, my friends did go there, but Tim's been so good to my kid. 
Mm-hmm. And he's honestly, he's been great to me. And I just trusted my gut. Like, cause when I went down to their other school, my friend, I actually thought Tim was opening another school at first. I did. I had no idea. So I went down there and then I hear them all bashing Tim and Laura. And I say to myself, something doesn't add up. Yeah. They're super negative. They're the most positive people I know. Best decision I ever made was staying because honestly, Tim and Laura are probably the best human beings I know. Hardest working, just they're always there for you. Yep, hundred percent. Fantastic, you know. And it's, I just, I, I just good to go off of that, and just from my own experiences, anybody who is bashing anybody else, yeah, I didn't need that, that negative energy. In my that life. is, uh, that is just that's usually because there's something else, mm-hmm. and they they have to do that yeah. in order to kind of get their point across because mm-hmm. they don't actually have a point. Yeah. You know what I mean? I, I do. So, so those like when, when the recent split happened, you know, people still left, mm-hmm. but you know what? I haven't heard anything negative heard on negative. either side no, no. on either side. No. Why? Because they still have respect. Yeah. And they know that that's not going to get them anywhere. Yeah. Because it doesn't, it's not necessary. Yep. But, the split happened. It and did. And, it, and honestly, it killed. I don't know how you feel about it for, for me personally. And I know a lot of other people feel that way is it felt like a, I felt like a kid in a divorce. Yes. Because I love Lucas. I yep. absolutely love the guy. Yep. He's a great kid. I, I, I you know, I, I thought of him like a little brother. Like yeah. he's, he's such a good dude. You love him. He taught me so much. Like, I'll never forget him. I, nope. I, I love him to death. Every time I see I saw him uh, when Elijah had his competition not too long ago. I went right over and gave him a hug. Mm-hmm. Told him I missed him. Told him I hope he's doing good. I told him to say hi to Mariana. Yeah. You know, wish him nothing but the best. Exactly. You know? Yeah. But Tim has been so good to me. Right. And Laura have been so good to me. I'm never going anywhere. Yeah. Like, I, I'm loyal. I'm a loyal to, to a fault. I mean, and, and they're so good to me. And, you know, whatever happened between them is between them. Yep, and that's you know, that's how that's I it. see it too. And that's it, and, yeah. and like I said, I mean, love him to death. Wish him nothing but the best. I miss a lot of my friends that left to go with him. Yep, um, you know, who knows? Maybe I will get to compete against him some at some point when my lungs are a little better. But did, did, uh, did you ever compete? No, but my goal was actually to start really competing this year. Oh, for real? And then I oh, got okay. sick, and right. so the past year was all training and trying to get healthy enough to even go back to work. You know, everybody was betting against me saying, oh, I bet she's going to have to retire. And I was like, I'm yeah, too young to retire. I'm I had Elijah telling me about competing. Yeah. And then I had Sam on who's competed. Yeah, yeah. And I'm like, man, I, I And it's like when when uh, it, when Sam was with us, uh, you can feel the energy mm. that these com- when they do when they compete. Yeah. It's a different energy. It's like mm. getting your hands on a wrestler. Yeah. You're Sam's like, oh, what too. the fuck is this and then i did the same thing with elijah mm-hmm. he he came to rick's school uh yeah. last thursday yeah because right? this is a new week i was at the station i want so so yeah. last thursday elijah came in and we had to do stand-up like rick always has mm-hmm. us do stand-up before we do anything yeah. else and he grabbed me and i went oh uh, you could just he hadn't been competing in a minute but you could feel that mm-hmm. he's he's a, he's a he's like i got you i'm standing i'm Watch but that, that energy, yeah. I was like, oh, I want that. And I think mm. the only way for me to get it is to actually start competing. 
Um, so yeah. I, I, I think I, I think I got to, I'll tell you what, let's, let's look at the calendar, see what's going on. And, uh, you know, maybe in a few months, you and I both try to do something together. Why we'll not? Go to a competition. But, well, professor Tim did say that the inner, inner school oh, championship is going to be, co- uh, co- competition is going to be coming back. Nice. Awesome. Uh, I think it's going to be for like 2023, but he didn't, he didn't say that per mm-hmm. se, but I, I have an assumption that is probably going to be around that awesome. time. Um, because I think we're far enough away from this, but the problem was is the schools mm-hmm. still had all the rules. Awesome. So you couldn't have the competition at a school, okay? Because they had masks and six foot and pla- all this stuff. Stupid stuff. So yeah. once that stuff gets stripped away, mm-hmm. that's when Professor Tim said we would actually be able to go and do this again because mm-hmm. we'd be able to go into a gym. Yeah. We'd be able to set up like we usually do, and we'd be able to just do it like we used yeah. to do it. So I was like, because I was wondering what happened, and he's like, until they get rid of all these stupid guidelines rules, yeah. and rules oh, so that the CDC and FDA should had no right to give us in the first place, once they get rid of all that, we can yeah. just do what we used to do. And I was like, oh, I didn't understand that yeah. because I was like, what? we're back in school. What the <laughs> fuck is wrong? We'll just do this. Yeah. And he's like, yeah, but the places that we used to rent out to do this won't allow we'll us to do it. Out. What yeah. are we going to do? A, uh, a jiu-jitsu match from six feet, six feet apart? I'm like, oh, yeah, yeah no. Yeah. No, that will it's never work. Yeah. But, yeah, it's, it, 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 jiu-jitsu is absolutely uh, – and, and it seems like, you know – Every every single one of us says this. How much it has changed oh, our gosh. lives for yeah. the better. You know, I believe you were like either four stripe white or just got your blue when I showed up. Yeah, probably right around there. I, I yeah. think it was right around there. Probably four stripe white. That's yeah, I think bad. it was right around yeah. there. And it's just ever since that 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 first time on the mats i've just been a highly highly addicted to that and mm. i feel like that addiction just wiped away all the horrible addictions yeah. that i had and it just turned and into something positive and it just keeps getting man. better yeah that's you know a great part like you know people have problems with drugs and alcohol and stuff and it's like listen man i have a very addictive personality myself mm-hmm. i've always known that about myself i did a lot of stupid shit when i was young I was boozing all the time and all that stuff. And, you know, I hit 21 years old and I was like, ah, well, now I'm allowed to do it. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> yeah, it's not as fun. <laughs> I need a new addiction and let's do something more positive. So I started really li- getting into lifting weights and like, power, oh, okay. power, like, I want to be the strongest guy in the gym. And, you know, I was, believe it or not, a very skinny guy. I graduated high school, I was maybe 175 pounds. You know what I mean? And I mean, I wrestled at 160 in high school, you know, at the same height I am now. I'm six, oh. six, two and a half. Okay. So, uh, to be that skinny at that, at that height. That's you know, not good. No. I wrestled guys that were five, four and like, you know, just as wide. <laughs> wow. You know what I mean? And, uh, you know, but I got into lifting and that helped for me, you know, my addictive person. Like I get all that. You know, I was an angry kid. I, you yep. know, growing up and, and uh, but that let me, it allowed me to get all that stuff out. All that negative energy, I'd get it out at the gym in the morning. I'd go, I'd lift heavy, and I'd work out, and I'd feel good the rest of the day. Get those endorphins going. Yeah, you know. And then I get to my mid thirties, and you know, trying to bench press four hundred pounds and squatting six, seven hundred pounds is like it's not good for your body when you get into your late thirties. Right. <laughs> you right. Know, all my joints started hurting and things like that, and I was like, man, I gotta do something different. And I was talking to my buddy Mike Fredericks, and uh, he was like, hey. Why don't you come try some jujitsu, man? Come, come try a class. He's like, yeah, you know what? Actually, uh, my buddy Dylan's fighting tonight. 
you want to come? I was like, yeah, sure. So went and saw Dylan fight, and that's the first time I met Tim and all those guys. Oh. And then a week later, you know, Mike had talked me into it. I came and I tried a class, and I was addicted. Yeah. Like, for, from the first day, I was like, this is awesome. Yeah, you know? it, it, it is. It's just, it's, it's absolutely amazing. I recommend it for everybody. everybody. And I've said it a thousand yeah. times on this podcast and to anybody I'm talking to about it. Mm -hmm. You don't have to join Professional no. Martial Arts Academy. Would no. I love everybody to join? A hundred percent I would. But you should at least go check out oh, yeah. the jiu-jitsu place closest to you and mm -hmm. just try it. Try it out. Just I mean, try it out. It's funny. Uh, Ross was asking me. Um, if there was a good school to try karate for his kid. And he lives close to the Plasta house, so I had suggested Rick's school to him and stuff. And uh, I said to him, hey, you know, while you're down there, you might want to try a jiu-jitsu class. I bet you'd love it, you know. And yeah. I, think he, I think he lost like 40 pounds. Yeah, yeah, know? he's lost a ton of ton, weight, ton. and he's a crusher. And he's addicted. Oh, he loves it. Dude, he yeah, he's it. he's on the he's, he's on his way to getting yeah. his purple belt. Yeah. He's a lifer, Absolutely. Absolutely. just like us. Yeah, I, I feel like that. If you get your blue mm -hmm. and you make it to purple, I see you as a lifer. Oh yeah. If you if you get your blue and then you don't make it, well, that's okay. You had you had blue yeah. belt blues. It's all right. <laughs> it's funny though. I mean, when you think about it, like they say, everybody's ever tried jujitsu. Ten percent of people who have ever tried make it to blue belt. Yep. And of the people that made it to blue belt, only ten percent of them make it to purple belt. Yep. And then once you make it to purple, they say, you know, around 50% actually make it to black. Mm -hmm. And I think it's like, you know, you get to that point, you know, it's part of you. It's part of your life. Yeah. It's just, it's, you, you, you're going to be there forever. You just love it. You there's know? Like, there's like, no getting If I get my black belt tomorrow, I wouldn't train any, any less. Nope. Or, I mean, I love it. I just love being there because, like I said, some of the best people I know. I know yeah. You know what I mean? Just so many great people. Like, you get uh, John, who's, like, 54 or something. Yes. He's there every day crushing, crushing, doing, you know, Thai and jujitsu. Guys opening the place, closing the place. Like, inspiring, man. Like, yes. I, I want to be like that, you know. I want. I hope, I hope I'm there training when I'm 80. I Me hope, too. I, I hope to God I'm still alive then and still I, I'm, training. I, I'm I hoping that by doing all of this, I make it to 80. Yeah. You know what I mean? Absolutely. Because I, I feel like all of this ties into just – being able to uh, uh, make it longer, yeah. I think it's good for us to have these struggles and stuff. Are we? Absolutely. Are we? Uh, I, like, I have my injuries and stuff, but I'm still there. Yeah. I'm taping it up. I'm getting oh. out there because I, 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 like Professor Tim always tells us, you come in and do you, you do what you can. Yeah. And Absolutely. if you can't do it, that's what they make the tap for. Yeah. That's when you tell your partner, I oh. can't full I roll, so but I don't mind flow to. rolling. Yeah. You know, and it's like as long as you're putting in your hundred percent, mm -hmm. you're gonna get all of that in return, and you're yeah. just it's 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 just amazing. And I just want to thank you again Absolutely, for coming man. on the podcast, yeah, always, Miguela. Um, <laughs> I, I I gotta make sure I say things properly. <laughs> no um, but yeah, because I usually just call you Mike. <laughs> yeah, it's totally fine. There's just but I like so it. many mics there. Like, yeah, well, that's the thing. Yeah. I told Professor Tim, I yeah. was like, oh, maybe I should be. Christopher or Topher at this point because there seems to be a lot of Chris's showing up. Oh, Mike's Chris. If you if you don't know somebody's like, name, just be like Mike. Chris? Well, <laughs> yeah. Well, no, he was yeah. that that newer dude that just showed up with the white belt. 
he is Chris now. Okay. So so Professor Tim looked at him and was like, Chris, you go here. And Tanya thought she was, he was talking to me. And I was like, oh, no, I think he's talking to that Chris. And she's like, there's another one? And I go, yeah. And that's when I was like, oh, maybe yeah. I should be Topher now. Yeah. You know what that's I mean? Why, that's why Professor Tim loves giving nicknames and stuff. Yeah, of course. it's I, so much easier. Well, I mean, you get yeah. to a point where you have so many students and then they're all showing up at the same time. It's mm -hmm. kind of nice to be able to differentiate from student to student because he's usually mm -hmm. teaming us up. Absolutely. And he's like, you go here, you go here, you go here. Yeah. And it's like, you say Chris, and then both of us start walking over. And he's like, no, 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 that one. Yep. <laughs> so it is easier to give Absolutely. the nicknames. Yep. But I really, really appreciate you coming on. Yeah, thanks for having um, me. This was so much fun. Mm -hmm. And uh, uh, um, all right. So everybody, uh, I hope you have an enjoyable, actually, uh, let's see. I probably, I'm starting my, oh my God, is this? <laughs> pre-recording everything so i think at this point in time and i'll have to fix this post but uh i think everybody's getting ready to have an enjoyable christmas i think it's christmas eve so i hope you have a merry christmas enjoy your weekend and get ready for the uh fun episode that i have ready for all of you out there for the new year to come um again Thank you, everybody, and I will talk to you later.